Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the uh, the second episode of the second season of One for One. Uh, or if you just want to call it like episode 30, that that, that also makes sense too. Uh, I'm your host, Nolan Schumann, joined as always by my co-host, Miles Fuchs. Miles, how you doing on this lovely evening? Doing good on this lovely Wednesday evening, uh, recording the same time as last week. And last week got a lot of really positive comments from the episode. So let's see if it's uh, if it's maybe just a time and place kind of thing. If, that, if this is us hitting our stride uh, timing-wise, who knows? It might be. I mean, you never know with these types of things. You know, you have to experiment a little bit. I tried to experiment a little bit with my intro. I didn't want to come in so hot. I didn't want to come in with so much raza raza pizzazz, if you will. I wanted to come in a little more in a in a in a smooth jazz fashion. I wanted to come in with a little more soul. A little more a little more of that jazz cool, easy listening lounge rather than the blow the speakers out of your truck screen yeah eh? i don't i don't want to perform like the uh like the oilers are performing currently as we speak in their third preseason game where they're down one nothing to the jets and the shots are currently 15 to 4 tough Uh, not ideal we don't like to see that especially after our social medias yesterday where the meme of us like you know the guy on the podium spraying himself with champagne even though he's in third place that was (laughs) us having a nice time with the Oilers uh, preseason victory. I won't, I won't spoil it because that's going to be a little bit of discussion for today, but um, yeah, uh, definitely look like we might be eating our hat tonight, but it's preseason. The lineups tonight are kind of ass TBH compared to what we've seen before. So I'm not, yeah. worried not feeling too bad. De- we got the debuts of Warren Fogle and Zach Cassian tonight. So that's, that's at least nice. It's nice to see those two, those two guys in action. And I'll probably check in on Oilers Twitter every now and then just to see how they're looking. But um, nonetheless, though, Miles, what do we have planned for today? Well, Nolan, today we are going to talk about the uh, past two Oilers preseason games. And I'm sure there'll be some commentary uh, for the third one as well, uh, just kind of off the cuff. Uh, we're going to be talking about the game against the Kraken last night specifically. Uh, and then we're going to get into a little bit of NHL news overall. Some of it Oilers related, some of it just hockey related in general. Uh, Adam Larson, uh, the, <laughs> the, the, the debacle of what happened in the Ukrainian league. Um, another addition to the COVID dummies, kind of not COVID dummy, a little bit of chatter there. Um, we're going to be talking some Leafs for all the Buds fans out there. Um, I, what what would a one for one episode be without a little bit of jet slander? I went on the internet today and I saw a few things about the Jets, so I'm gonna have a little bit of a, a grinds my gears moment there. <laughs> I'm just uh, looking through this right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'm ready. I'm absolutely fired up for that. <laughs> uh, we're gonna be talking about the NHL's newest sustainability initiative, <laughs> and then we're gonna be working. I hope I hope the people listening find it as funny as you do. I think it's really funny, so I'm very excited to get to it. Okay, go on. And then we're gonna get into the meat and potatoes, the the borscht of the episode of an Atlantic Division preview. Uh, after a nice uh, nice suggestion from a fan of the show, friend of the show, I should say, 
except for the fact that he's a dirty flames fan shout out to landon we are going to be doing a little bit of an addition to the uh, divisional preview where we take a look at who we think each team's fantasy studs are going to be so for you fantasy hockey players out there um take it or leave it uh because really if uh, you end up drafting somebody that we say is going to be sick who isn't sick um don't don't uh don't sue I'll have everybody know I haven't played fantasy hockey in 10 years. So, um, yeah, take that for what it's worth. <laughs> no, our picks are going to be fucking good, though. <laughs> well, speaking of good picks, this is a terrible segue. Uh, we're going to get into the first preseason game. So we finally get to talk about Oilers hockey. I mean, we really could we could have talked about rookie camps, but that's just like we're talking about preseason. That's desperate enough. Rookie camp is like... Um, is like uh, it's like uh, jerking off to the to, to the um, uh, undergarments undergarments section of the Sears catalog. Oh, that's a fucking good one. That's Thank exactly you. why you are you. <laughs> uh, horny. <laughs> yes, uh, this is a horny podcast. Uh, anyways, <laughs> um, so I've I I I've titled this first game uh, something very very apt, and that is. A premature debut because that's exactly what game one of the preseason was. It was none of the big guns. It was basically Derek Ryan, Evan Bouchard, and the gang of merry men. What do you mean? And, what do you mean none of them? None of the big guns. You just said a couple of big guns right there. That's that's not the AR. That's not the AR fifteen of the lineup. But that's still a. Uh... I don't know guns. That's still something, something, something that can do some. That's guns. that's still a that's still a cool uh, uh, uh pump action shotgun, <laughs> if you will. <laughs> my dad is guys here. Uh, as my father is a uh, is a, uh, a a lowly gun uh, uh, gun owner. He'll be very upset to hear me talk about guns. Um, anyways, yes, Derek Ryan. I man, I gotta say, like, I already think this guy is going to be fantastic. Like. He looks like he reminds me of sixteen seventeen Mark Letestu like a lot in the style of play, and I just get the it's that it's that sort of shifty like that sort of shifty can kind of do everything third fourth line center, um, and he's not like a guy where you're playing him in the fourth line center role or sorry in the third line center role, and you feel like a bad team because you are. Not like playing like Riley Shahan in the third line role like we did a couple of years ago, ah. but this guy, yeah, <laughs> yikes. Um, but he he can actually he can actually take over that role, and I think he's going to be incredibly beneficial to Ryan McLeod because Ryan McLeod is sort of the. I don't want to say he's like I don't want to say he's that similar to Derek Ryan because he's got more like raw speed and things like that, but he doesn't have the offensive talent that a lot of guys have. And I think when you combine those two players, you can hopefully get something out of Ryan McLeod where maybe he can eventually ascend to that point of being sort of like a two third, you know, like a two three center, maybe a, maybe similar to a guy like. Nazem Kadri or something like that, where you're never going to see him in a permanent top six role, but like in a middle six role, he could be pretty damn good. So uh, I just started talking about Ryan McLeod for some reason. I'm sorry. But anyways, you were going to say, Miles? Uh, no, absolutely. And I think that that's something that Derek Ryan uh, brings to the team. We talk about this a lot. The word of the day today starts with D and that is depth. And that's exactly what you need on your bottom six, not rushing a guy like Ryan McLeod, letting him kind of play into that role. Like you said, um, 
those players are very well liked in Alberta for obvious reasons because they're glue guys, they're blue collar, they grab their lunch pail and they go to work. Um, Derek Ryan said about Evan Bouchard's shot specifically that he's just got a laser of a shot that's got eyes. It always finds the nets and or it always finds the net. And that's how guys like me score goals by banging away. So as soon as he said that, just uh, any any Suncor employee out there is like, oh, let's go, Derek. And they're on the Fanatics website buying a jersey. So, uh, yeah, I'm with you in agreement. I'm all about Derek Ryan. He looked good. I'm stoked about him. And I am very excited to see him uh, lace him up in the regular season. A lot of cross-correlation between uh, UCP voters and Derek Ryan jersey owners. <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> that was a good one. Uh, Stick to sports. <laughs> uh, Miles, uh, since I wrote the notes for this game, uh, uh, could, could, you, could you please read line two? I don't want to say this. Um, <laughs> well, since you quoted me a couple episodes ago, I'll, I will quote you. This is directly from the brain of Nolan Schumann. Um, Evan makes daddy come come. Best player on the ice. A complete shame he isn't Calder, elig- Calder eligible. <laughs> Wow to the first half of that. <laughs> I I don't know if you're wrong, but um, what's that Eric Andre meme? And it's like, uh, why would you say something so controversial but so brave? <laughs> why are you booing me? I'm right. Oh, my God. Did he ever look so good in that first game? I don't know if you watched it, but I um, because my mom was visiting – uh, we were watching. Shut up, Pat. Yeah, shut up, Pat. Um, we were, we were, we were, we were just watching movies. Like it was me, her, and Taylor, and we were just wa- wa- watching a few flicks. And I just, I had the preseason game on my phone while I was watching. And every time Evan Bouchard had the puck, it seemed like there was something going on. Yeah, and clearly something going on in your gotch. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I said, I have a little mess to take care of. Oh, um, <laughs> this is the horniest episode so far. This is disgusting. We're going to get flagged. The Hotlantic Division. <laughs> um, anyways, but I mean, just kept on getting shots on net, tape to tape passes, everything you want. The skating looks even better. Um, they're playing him on the PK, and him on the PK weirdly looks like really serviceable and like could be really good and Evan Bouchard could end up averaging like 23 minutes a game and it's he'll have like no power play time um I'm gonna save Evan Bouchard talk for probably when we get into our Pacific Division preview because I'm gonna have a fucking spicy take when we get to that point but I'm so mad that he can't be Calder eligible because I would nearly put him as the front runner for the Calder this year yeah, he looked incredible. Um, Dave Tippett had a lot of really, really high praise for him um, after that game, as did many of his teammates and members of the media, not just Oilers-related. Um, semi-national media would, would were praising his name. I saw a few articles where they were talking about how he looked. So, yeah, um, the hype train is a choo-choo-choo in a way for Big E Boosh, and we are excited to see what he's going to bring to the team this year. Um, our dentine daddy the dentine daddy the uh the reclaws fan himself still one for one um instagram story viewer himself evan bouchard he's just he's he's just in his hyperbaric chamber with his hieroglyphics tattooed all over him um you know 
the one thing I have to say so far about this training camp, and I'm very excited about it, is how much competition there actually is. And I think we'll I think we'll kind of transition this from this game to the second game because this kind of all falls under the same umbrella. But the the fourth left wing and right wing spot um, is like we don't typically talk about these sorts of things because um, the Oilers will end up in like the thing I okay I'm kind of get I'm kind of getting lost here, but like a guy like Colton Sevier would be signed to a three-year contract worth like $3 million a year and be stapled to the third line, typically in oil country. And... Sorry, you, pronou- you pronounced Alex Chason wrong. <laughs> that's a good one. Um, but that's exactly my point, is we're so used to these guys that are just just depth pieces coming in and not even competing for that spot. And we've got a lot of competition and a lot of guys are stepping up and looking really, really, really good. Um, the talk of the town the last the last couple of games has obviously been Brendan Pierlini, uh, the uh, hot boy uh, formerly of the Arizona Coyotes, Chicago Blackhawks, and Detroit Red Wings. The, uh, the, the man who lathers himself in olive oil before he takes an Instagram that the NHL reposts because he looks... So damn good. Uh, yeah, that, one of the things that was coming out of camp was uh, Dave Tippett saying that um, specifically Tyler Benson, uh, Brandon Pierlini, and uh, Kyle Turris oh, yeah. came into camp in incredible shape um, and that they were ready to like compete. They were there from day one ready to rock and roll. And I think that relates to what you were saying about the battles that uh, we're not used to seeing in the bottom six, but there was a number of guys that were – you know, like if you looked at this, if you had a crystal ball, um, even a couple months ago, and you said like, "Oh, Kyle Turris is going to come into camp and he's going to impress," or the Oilers are going to sign a guy who's been like a fringe NHL player who's going to come and score three preseason goals in the first two games, you'd be like, "No, there's no way. We never have that sort of battle on the bottom, uh, bottom six of the forwards." And that's exactly what's happening. And that competition is something that's extremely important to a team overall being competitive. So. I don't know if we're making too much out of bottom six or if we're just excited and if it's for good reason, but I am, ex- I am happy about it. I almost said excited too much. I don't want to say excited too much, but that's, that's the, uh, you know, the general feeling here. You know, I, I have no problem saying that, saying that, saying it's exciting because what I want is I want the bottom six to actually compete. I want guys to, I want stuff to happen on the ice. I'm so sick of every time Connor McDavid or Leon Dreisaitl leaves the ice, nothing happens. And it actually feels like something's happening. When you put guys like Kyle Turris in a role where, hey dog, I know you have like 800 (laughs) NHL games under your belt, but guess what? If you're not fucking playing well, if you're not going for that spot, if you're not gunning to be in the top nine, then what are you here for? Well, (laughs) we can bury in the minors. Like I, 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 and, and like I've seen guy and to be honest, like Tyler Benson has been, I don't want to say disappointment, but he looked pretty good. The first game. I didn't really like the um, last night's game and tonight so far, he hasn't been ideal. Um, I still do think that you kind of have to keep 
uh, Marodi, Benson, and McLeod together as a line, and I really want to see them because they were they were really good in that first game. They just showed lots of chemistry. They didn't score any goals, but that line is going to click at some point. And they put Sevier with Benson and McLeod last night, and they like they weren't great, but I like what Sevier offers on the penalty kill. Um, but I mean, Brendan Pirellini has just been has been the talk of the team the last little bit. Um, 6'3", like 210, decently fast, has a good shot on him. Like the guy, and the guy's in the right place at the right time. I I know this is a lot of like hockey, like a lot of hockey cliches coming out, but he's just looking really good and making everybody look silly. And he signed to a one-year deal. And the coolest part about that, and I didn't even realize this today, is after that one year's over, he's a restricted free agent next year, which is fucking sick. So then the Oilers are not forced into having to sign him to like an eight-year contract, if that's the case. But um, what I do want to talk about, though, is... Well, actually, Miles, do you have any last things you want to say on the like depth battles there? No, I'm tired of talking about depth. I want to talk about the, the, the surf and turf, oh. the top two lines, the creme de la creme of the Edmonton Oilers. We got to see our full top six being dressed last night against the crackheads. Uh, Zachary Hyman, Connor McDavid, Harvey on line one with Ryan Nugent Hopkins, Leon Dreisider, Dreisider, Dreisider. <laughs> and that's traditional German. Uh, Leon Dreisider and Kyler Yamamoto all getting together on one line. The return of the dry line. Wow. Man, I Zach Hyman's gonna score a thousand points Zach this year. Hyman Zach Hyman is, is really everything. Fucking good. Write me a <laughs> write me a book about how good at hockey you are, Zach. You're a legend. What I, is a legend. So I've been. So I don't. I don't. I don't know if any. I don't know if I've told you this. Um. I don't. I've also never said this on the pod before. But like, when I'm driving to work, I have a long drive ahead of me. And while I'm in the city, I'm also. I I talk to myself a lot. I think as one normally does. But I basically practice if I were to do like sports talk radio. Um. And there were so many things I wanted to say about Zach Hyman today, because of. It all it's feasting for pucks. Like I, I just I can't put it into words. It's like it it seems like it's not even that hard of a job. Like it, it, it honestly. Like I'm watching him and I'm like, this guy's just a smart player. He's just in the right place at the right time, and all he does is they get into the offensive zone and Connor McDavid just gets in there and is like, okay guys, like just please go and get me pucks. Like just go and get in those advantageous positions. So then I can get the puck to somebody else. We can move around and then we can score. And obviously everybody's talking about the tap in goal that Zach Hyman had, which was his first in an Oilers uniform, um, which was basically all off of cycling the puck into the air in the offensive zone, um, which was then capped off by a, unbelievable backhand from yes a booty RV uh all the way to Connor McDavid who found an open Zach Hyman for the easy tapping and hokey Dinah that line just clicked it was it was it was picture perfect it was exactly what you wanted from that from that exact moment Gordon Ramsay voice finally some good fucking food that it, it, exactly and that and, and that was and that was it and it was just 
I, oh my god! And then yet, like yesterday too, he played. I think he had fifteen minutes of ice time, and he had six shots on net. Like, I, I, I'm saying this right now. Ken Holland should be calling his agent and signing him to an eight-year extension now. Yeah, because his value is only going to go up. He is a little buzzsaw out there. He's just an absolute buzzsaw. I'm, I'm calling it now. I think Jesse Poyarvi has 70 points this year. I think he's that fucking good. That line is... He's a monster. That line is looking uh, as advertised, Nolan. There, uh, Do you have anything else to say about that first line, or do you want to talk about the second line at all? Um. Yeah, like, I, I don't really have much to say about the second line. I was a little disappointed in their play last night, but it was... I think that's just more of, like you're never going to have all four lines playing at the level you want. So I'm not, I'm not too, too, too worried about it. They had a couple of chances and I think that that that's inevitably going to happen, but the, the power play looked fucking dynamite last night too. The power play did look absolutely scrumptedly umptious. There was one thing I wanted to bring up Nolan about um, the, the Kraken and the, uh, the real overall the lineup that they were running. So they had uh, Drieger and net who is a good goalie goalie that I thought mm-hmm. the Oilers were going to go after uh, and moral of the story here is I'm not trying to discredit this Oilers win. And anybody who is trying to discredit this Oilers win is a bit of a narc um, because there was a good goaltender in net. There was a number of players that are expected to be on that opening night roster for the Kraken uh, on the ice there last night, including uh, Lazoon from the Bruins Brandon Tanev, Jan Crook, uh, Don Geeky, Appleton, Riley Sheehan, Jamie Lesiak, uh, Ryan Donato, um, Connor Carrick, a number of guys on that team that are expected to be there. So I, I know that a 6 nothing win, ooh, it's the preseason, who cares, who really cares? Well, when the power play is effective the way that it should be and you're playing against a good goaltender and a fair amount of, of NHL caliber players um, – that's exactly what you want, and that's exactly what you expect. One thing I do want to say, though, is, and I know that it's a little bit, like, overly rambunctious to react this hard to a preseason game, um, but if anybody thinks that Seattle is going to be Vegas this year, like, if they're going to be, like, that surprise team. Oh, no. No, no, that's not going to be a very good team this year. I'm sorry, people, but that, like... The, Vegas, I could kind of get behind because at least Vegas had that like a lot of proven talent on that team. Imagine like, imagine Seattle had or imagine like like Vegas would be if they got like five Yanni Gords at once. Like, sure, you can you can get behind that because you have a bunch of top six talent on your team. This team uh, d- does not. Um, they have some pretty good defensemen. You've got Mark Giordano who is um uh, um how do I put this slightly um old uh and then yeah you you do have a like do have a couple of good players but I just I do not see this team being very good like at all this season so um yeah shout out to seeing uh the Seattle Kraken away jerseys for the first time they look pretty good mm-hmm um kind of cool that there was a end of the game shootout even though it was five nothing um Tyson Berry scored in the shootout. Um, shout out to Tyson. Nothing. Was it six? Not, uh, was it not? Whatever. Anyway, um, <laughs> Joey Decord played. Joey Decord, uh, boy band member, former Ottawa Senator. It was interesting to see him out there. And then a shootout for fun. Like I said, more Tyson Berry scored. Good times. Yeah. And uh, there's actually a picture. I'm, I'll actually, uh, 
when we get into a point at, when we get into a point at where uh, one of us is talking for a while, I'll send you a photo that I found on Twitter, and it was the photo of the celebration on the bench after Tyson Berry scored. It yeah, it the is, the Renaissance painting. Is it or are, is, it, it the, is that one you're thinking? Of? It just looks like a Renaissance painting. Yeah, yeah. and because like Connor McDavid, his he's like ah, it's it's just nice to see. And you know what? I'm not huge on the Tyson Berry signing, and we won't get into this, but like, I lo- I like when Connor McDavid's happy, and if Connor McDavid is happy, <laughs> that, that's okay. Please, uh-huh. Connor, we signed Tyson Berry to four more years for you. You better fucking retire in Edmonton. <laughs> With with so many cup rings, you do the Michael. You can recreate the Michael Jordan pose. Exactly. Um, speaking of somebody that uh, that uh, didn't retire in Edmonton, uh, how about wow. we talk about Adam Larson? Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> wow! Wow! What a segue! Wow! Oh, I don't. Well, this makes me really sad. So Adam Larson spoke for the first time uh, since leaving the Oilers. Um, Listeners of the show should uh, probably know by now how we feel about that. Um, not too happy about that. But basically, Adam Larson, um, once my uh, computer decides it's going to uh, load for me, um, Adam Larson basically sat down or um, did an interview over the phone with Mark Spector uh, regarding why he left Edmonton and sort of the circumstances behind that. So, hold on a second. I'm going to actually edit this out so there's no (laughs) delay. Uh, Okay. So, um, so basically, anybody that doesn't know, um, a couple of years, well, about three years ago, Adam Larson's father had come to visit him while they were, um, while they were playing a home game. He flew in from Sweden with, I believe, Adam's mother and uh, sibling, I think sister or something like that. Um, and they, they, they came to Edmonton to see Adam play. And while Adam was at his pregame skate, uh, the, his dad went out for a walk and unfortunately had a heart attack and passed away right then and there. So... That was a moment where Adam Larson was in the middle of dealing with that, and then the Oilers also weren't very good. Um, the Oilers were in the middle of a complete train wreck um, after coming off of you know a, a playoff run two years ago, and they were in the middle of this awful purgatory where they were just bad. Anyways, so that really affected Adam Larson's play, and... As uh, lots of people probably know, I was one of those people that was a little hard on Adam Larson. And um, I think a lot of Oilers fans were. And I think that it's okay to be able to say that you were. And because, yeah, it was frustrating that he wasn't very good. But basically, long story short, um, he said said this uh, regarding his father's passing. It was tough on all of us. My uh, My family that were there when it happened, my sister being there at that point. Um... And then obviously later on that night, he posted a photo on Instagram just basically saying, Dad, I love you, always had, always well. And he, after he was nominated for the Bill Masterton Trophy, he said, I think of my dad all the time, every hour, every minute. It's going to take some time. I'm not going through this alone. My mom, my brother, my sister... So it's not only my emotions that are important. When you have when when something like this happens, you have to take care of your family. And 
then when he then his his issue ultimately was the memory of that happening in Edmonton and he was never able to get past that um he said as well he said I I love my time there the guys I made some lifelong friends there even the negotiations what Kenny offered what it, it, what Kenny offered it, it was really good this was not about money it was about family I just wanted to make the right decision and had nothing to do with money and then Mark Spector also mentioned throughout the article um, that there is a, you know, would it have been different if Oscar Clefbaum was still around? Because obviously Oscar Clefbaum and Adam Larson were very, very, very close. Um, and whether or not that would have made a difference. Adam said, it's possible you're definitely losing a popular teammate, but also one of your best friends in the process. So it's tough to say. But at this time, really, there's nothing the Oilers could have done. Um, and I don't know if I necessarily put it on the fans. It's, I do think that probably we were a little hard on Adam Larson, but I feel it more has to do with the overall memory because the idea of a guy going from a contending team and then signing for the same amount of money with an expansion team, I think there's something to be said there. And I think that there is basically a bit of an explanation. I know I kind of went on for a while. I'm sorry, Miles, but because um, I know you want to hop in. But yeah, it's just, it's sad, man. I really wish it could have worked out with Adam Larson. Yeah. And, you know, we described the traumatic situation and the memories of, of the city that are obviously not fond for him. So, you know, whether, whatever, Adam Larson deserves a fresh start. He's a good hockey player. I think he's still got a lot of hockey left in him and hopefully he can be a leader and help get that Seattle team off the ground. Um, but at the end of the day, just like he said, it's got to be something that works for him and his family. And if the best thing for him and his family is to get out of Edmonton, then all the power to him. And I hope that things work out for him. We're going to miss him in Edmonton, um, but it is what it is. There's nothing that can be changed about it. And yeah, I hope that things work out for Adam Larson. That's a really sad story. Uh, yeah. Not, nothing about that is good. That that just sucks all around. Yeah. So shout out Adam Larson. You'll always be an Oiler, and I will always support you. And, and, and unless you're playing the Oilers as a member of the Kraken, then I will not support you. Then I then then you are nothing to me. Just kidding, Adam. Um. Speaking of nothing to me. Oh. Do we? Do we? I no. I don't. Such even, a bummer. I don't even want to talk about this dirt bag. All right. Well, we'll 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 run through it quick. Um, because we got we got a lot to get to, and this fucking piece of shit does not deserve any any leeway here. Um, do you want me to take care? Or do you want do you want me to uh, do you want me to run through this? You do it do because you I'm. You do it because I'm legitimately uh nervous <laughs> trying to pronounce people's names on this show because I oh. know that if I butcher, I go. I gotta. <laughs> it's. In you're gonna get times. you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna get hit with a subpoena. Absolutely, um, subpoena. So, <laughs> Miles, we're supposed to be serious right now. Um, big shout out to uh, Jalen Smerick, who, if nobody knows, if you don't know, you uh, you've literally been living under a rock because this is kind of, it's very embarrassing that you don't know at this point. I uh, was a victim of a just a terrible, 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 awful awful obscene offensive just blatant outright scumbag gesture by ukrainian player uh andre denisikin uh during a ukrainian hockey league game if you don't know i'm not going to describe it if you want to go watch the video you go right the fuck ahead um but anyways 
got a 13 uh sorry uh so it came out today yeah it was a 10 game suspension um but he paid essentially 1800 dollars and got it down to three games 50,000 fun bucks whatever they use in ukraine uh worked out to about 1800 american dollars and got a three-game suspension for what he did so i thought i saw correctly now i i could be wrong but i know that gordon miller tweeted earlier today about because there was some there was some confusion with it because there was like it was a three-game suspension and then it was and then they said afterwards that it was 10 games or it was um or it was the fine that he had to pay, um, but I think I think what Gordon Miller said was that it was ten plus a fine. I'm not entirely sure, but nonetheless, though, like even if it is thirteen games, that's still fucking bullshit. Like, um, yeah, the guy's a fucking scum. The guy should be out for at least for the season. Oh, like you, you, yeah, you'd be fucking banned from hockey. Anybody trying to defend what he did in terms of like, oh, it's Ukraine, it's very conservative over there. He's Ukraine, blah 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 blah. No, if you look at this guy's hockey DB, he played a number of his formative years in America, in the United yeah. States of America. He knows all the well what he was doing with that gesture. There's no innocence that can be played or heat of the moment card that can be played. That's absolutely ridiculous. And yeah. it's a it's a slap in the face to the double or to hockey in general. The the double AHF should do something. I know that they need to respect the sanctity of individual leagues, but fuck that guy. He's a piece of shit. Yeah. The and and the one thing I did want to mention too is that um, a lot of times hockey like hockey people and hockey pundits all disagree on everything when it comes to this fucking sport because it's a it's a complete clusterfuck. Um, but everybody agreed on this, that he's a scumbag and should not be playing any sort of professional hockey and making money for playing professional hockey. So um, special round of applause to all those people. So thanks for every everybody for coming together and all calling this guy a piece of shit. Um, okay. That's enough of that. We don't have to talk yeah. about him anymore. We're done with him. We'll do my um, we'll do my speed round of NHL updates here, Nolan. All right, let's go. <laughs> all right, starting with another hockey player announced that they are not getting the vaccine goaltender for the New Jersey Devils. This is another big one kind of on par with uh, Tyler Bertluzzi. Uh, Mackenzie Blackwood is deciding to not get the vaccine surrounding health concerns coming off of a surgery. He's saying that he is not able to get the vaccine due to medical reasons, but he also needs time to think about it. It was a little bit of a wishy-washy explanation. Um, Going back to what we were talking about last week, said that he's glad that the guys in the room have his back, that they're going to support him, this, that, and the other thing. So just by the language that was used in the interview, I'm not so sure how much of it is actually health-related. I, I, I hope that I'm not wrong about that. If it is health-related, I mean, then that's something that's completely different. But the fact that the NHL had it on the homepage of their website, I, I don't think that they would be you know, I don't think that they would be outwardly displaying that if it was something to do with like a heart condition or something like that. So uh, Mackenzie Blackwood plays for the Devils. They're obviously in a division with a number of Canadian teams. It would affect nine games for him, um, which could be pretty important for that hockey team and for him as the number one goalie. Um, so one, so two things I wanted to mention um, is uh, a uh, since we're putting this as a part of our uh, as a part of our our regular COVID people. Um, we're going to call him Mackenzie Black Woof because woof uh, the situation. And to your point about it being a health-related reason, uh, Miles, I don't know if you happen to see this tweet today, but um, 
from um, from Greg Wyshynski of ESPN. Zach Ronaldo, Mackenzie Blackwood, and Tyler Bertuzzi. What do they all have in common? PPC? Same agent. Oh. Todd Reynolds. Um, who, uh, unfortunately, I think is the uh, agent of Zach Hyman. And uh, also, uh, about 10 years ago, had a tweet saying that he condemned gay marriage, which is not ideal. Um, so, Just I would strike probably... strike all of that from the record. We don't need Zach Hyman <laughs> getting involved with this. Oh, my God. Zach Hyman writes children's books. Zach Hyman <laughs> is a good man. <laughs> He's a nice person. He is vaccinated. Um, yeah. So, methinks that Mackenzie Blackwood... Um, is uh, probably thinking about it, but I uh, don't know how. And the best part is too, is that their, their nine games in Canada uh, all comes at the very end of the season. So it's like when they need Mackenzie Blackwood most. Yeah. So I, I mean, you... by, by the will of the gods, if this team is somehow able to make the yeah. playoffs, that's going to be a, yeah. I, I feel like the devil's front office is just going to fucking like stand around him with needles and be like don't fall don't tip over oh well one's already in you we gotta just kind of shoot her in there and they're just like just stick a just stick a needle into a dougie hamilton slap shot and i think we'll be fine i bet you jack hughes is like mackenzie can you just like can you just like get your vaccine man thanks by the way he's impression by the way uh use my discount for chipotle bowl uh it's jack hughes 20 uh, at checkout. Um, speaking of discount codes, Austin Matthews is practicing, uh, back practicing after the injury that he sustained, the surgery that he got this offseason. Looks like he will be back for the season opener. That is good stuff. We love to see stars playing. A uh, little bit of an interesting tidbit here, Nolan, that I was excited to share on the show. Um, over the last 15 years, former Amazon CEO Jeffrey Bezos has is spent. He still the CEO? Former. I think he's. Can I finish my fucking joke, man? <laughs> okay, go. Um, over the last 15 years, former Amazon CEO Jeffrey Bezos has spent more time in outer space than the Leafs have in the second round. That is frightening. That's fantastic. Isn't that funny? Isn't yeah, that just that, a that... hilarious thing? Technically true. Wow, you are actually correct. He is he is no longer the CEO. He is the founder and executive chairman of Amazon. Yeah, I mean, it's almost like I went to business school. Fuck you. <laughs> this is good. We're laughing. This is good. We're having a good time. Uh, because the next part of the show is my personal favorite. Oh. We have reached the hour for Jets slander. Um, starting... Um, I saw a picture today of Kyle Connor, and my first thought was, holy fuck, what an ugly human being. Uh, he either walked in on like a murder or a dead body or his parents having sex because he looks eternally petrified. Um, absolutely fucked. Kyle Connor is ugly. I don't care how good he is at hockey. He's a tough guy to look at. Wow. Um, second point. Uh, one of our one of the one of the favorite players I talk about on the show, Gamer Mark. I'm not even <laughs> kidding you. Um, was doing an interview for the NHL.com and described newly acquired defenseman Brendan Dillon as quote such a gamer. Why do they let him talk? He's an absolute idiot. 
there's hockey players have certain words apple pigeon beauty uh apparently for mark shifley it's gamer dude you're such a fucking game oh sorry you're such a freaking gamer you're just a gamer buddy i love that you switch it up to freaking because it's mark shifley. he doesn't swear man Oh, guys, just a gamer. He's out there so hard. Like, uh, the checkout boy at Safeway. Like, uh, hey, do you want your uh, chicken in a separate bag? You're such a gamer, dude. Bro, thank you so much. I hate him so much. Gamer Mark and, and Gamer Brendan Dillon. We look forward to seeing what the season has in store for both of you. Thank you for, <sighs> thank you for joining me for that edition of Jet Slander. Uh, okay we got a little we got one more piece of news hey miles one more piece of news a little bit of sustainability update here the nhl is working with adidas and a company called parley uh, to launch a sustainable jersey made from recycled plastic materials Uh, if you're familiar with any sort of sneakers parley and adidas have been doing this for a little while where they used recycled um, ocean materials uh, inside of their shoes and now they're going to be doing that on the nhl jerseys um, they did this in the uh, 2019 all-star game jersey so it's not new but now they are doing it um, with all 32 teams the addy zero prime green authentic nhl jersey will be available in all 32 home uh, all 32 colorways available pretty much anywhere you can buy a jersey so we like that cause that is good stuff cleaning up the planet and the oceans if you needed an excuse to buy a new jersey there it is uh use it as you will but make sure it's an oilers jersey uh my uh my golf shoes are uh are the recycled plastic See, my new you. my new adidas golf shoes uh very sick very cool um we love the environment environments in environments really good shit pick up your garbage um also the jets are now up three nothing speaking of pick up your garbage uh go oilers go <laughs> <laughs> um so not great, um, but it is great that the NHL is uh, trying to be sustainable and clean for the future of humanity. I'm sorry, I can't stop thinking about Kyle Connor. <laughs> who's an, who's another really ugly player on 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 the Jets? Uh, I would I was gonna say Patrick Laine, but he's out of there now. He is he is go- oh Evgeny Svechnikov. Oh, is he ugly? Andre is hot, but Evgeny <laughs> is fucked. So you didn't get you didn't get the hockey skills and you didn't get the looks. That is the tough tough pill to swallow. Okay, well, I guess I guess Evgeny, I guess I mean, I'm more thinking about him with the miss with the missing tooth cuz when he has the missing tooth. Oh, Nate Schmidt is a fu- is one tough-looking dude. He's have funny you seen though. Nate Sch- oh, he's hilarious. He's and he's a great player, but have you seen Nate Schmidt's face? Yeah, I mean, like I have, <laughs> he's no, he's no Kyle Connor. Kyle Connor. They are n- none of these guys are ever coming on the podcast. No. We are so fucked. Kyle Connor signs with the Edmonton Oilers. He's so fucking good. He's so hot. <laughs> we love Kyle. Connor. I have my jersey ordered in every different color. Dude, speaking of which, dude, Cody Cece is pretty hot. <laughs> Oh God! <laughs> oh shit! Well, Nolan, wow. what do you say? We uh, we talk about another division. We get we get down we get down to brass tacks. Yes. 
Well, I mean, the Atlantic has some has some real contenders and some big time pretenders. What if I say you're not like the other? What if I say I'm not just another one? Uh, sorry. Um, yeah. So let's just rip the band-aid off now. The Buffalo Sabres. <laughs> Woo! Yeah. Stinky. <laughs> How stinky. Um, How stinky are they? Well, they got worse, which is very surprising. Um they had the first overall pick and somehow got worse. Um, how do you get how do you get worse than 15, 34, and 7 for 0.295 points percentage? He, okay, I'm gonna say one thing though, and this is probably gonna step on my future my my future talk of, of this team, but you know for sure, for sure, five sure, they're gonna have like 25 wins because hockey is so stupid. Like they're they're going to be better. They're going to be better than they were last year, but just because hockey is stupid is a stupid sport, right? We've we we've like this is a thing. Like it's absolutely going to be a thing. Um, yeah. I don't know, man. They're pretty fucking bad. They're pretty fucking bad. But we all know this is what happens when teams strip down, s- strip down to the studs again, and we all think they're going to be absolutely terrible. And they end up rattling off like fucking six games, six wins in a row, and you're like, "What the hell? Where did that come from?" Um, but they'll still be bad. They'll still be bad. A um, couple key losses. Um, I don't know if you've ever heard of these guys: uh, Sam Reinhart, uh, uh, Jake McCabe, uh, Rasmus Ristolainen. Um, I mean, Carter Hutton. You're not really missing on much. Oh, I forgot they lost Linus Hallmark. Uh, and the biggest one, uh, which. They technically haven't lost yet, but they've they've lost him in spirit. A little guy named Jack Eichel. No, 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 no. It's Yach. Yach. It's Yach. Eichel. Yach. Yach Eichel. Because you have to take the C's out. Oh, because it's just, oh oh holy shit, Miles. This is why this is why we you're this is why you get paid. Uh, nothing right now, but this is why this is why you will get paid the big bucks. And um, yeah, they uh, they essentially this team is um, effectively speaking, um, they're that meme of like the open leaking hole on the side of that tank and them slapping a piece of duct tape over it um, because they slapped the piece of duct tape over it with uh, with hot signings like Craig Anderson, Aaron Dell. They uh, traded for Will Butcher, uh, signed Vinny Hinnestroza. And yeah, a, a, a bunch of ghosts of Oilers past in Drake Kajula and Brandon Davidson. Um, Former Gunner Sorry, Pat. boys. Yep. Sorry, boys. Uh, I apologize for that. Uh, yeah. And then they made some draft picks as well. Um, obviously, Owen Power, the first overall pick from this year, will not play because he's going back to Michigan. We will see if he even comes back for next season. To he may stay more. He's going to get the bag. In Michigan, because you can make money off of your likeness. Well, and I just, I would love to see, I'd love to see that Michigan squad go and win a national championship. Just, well, because now Dylan Holloway is out of college. Well, I'm sorry, unless they're playing the University of Denver, because that's where Carter Savoy is. And we want, we obviously want him to be fantastic. Um, and uh, also, they re-signed Don Granado. And this is kind of where I'm coming from in the sense of they might be 
like decent is they've got a coach that they like playing for. Dylan Cousins, I would assume, will will be a little bit better. Casey Middlestat played a hell of a lot better after the hiring of Don Granado. Rasmus Dahlin, who is fresh off of signing a three years uh, contract with six million dollars per year played a shitload better, looked like a completely different defenseman under Don Granato. This team will be bad. This team will be bad. But I do think that they have some talent on this team. You could see a guy like Jeff Skinner maybe maybe bouncing back a bit now that he can actually get like a like a top six role on this team. Yeah. They won't be good, but I don't think they'll be that that bad. Sorry. They'll, no, they'll, they'll be bad, but not like not like cataclysmically like they were last year. If that makes sense. Yeah, um, I think so. They definitely took a down. Excuse me. They definitely got worse in the crease, like significantly worse in the crease. Um, so I think that that's not going to be good for them. They are going to get scored on a lot. Um, so, yeah, bold predictions. Best player fantasy outlook. What do you think, Noel? Um. So, oh, fuck. Um, okay, so best player and fantasy outlook, I would probably go with Rasmus Dahlin for both. Um, he's going to be the best player. I think this could be a guy that has his breakout. Um, he's going to get prime power play time, prime penalty kill time. Um, he Like, if you factor in plus minus to your fantasy play, um, that you may not be a fan of him in that in that instance because he could very well be like a dash 40 this year, but could probably still be really great offensively. And at the end of the day, like, I, 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 I really like Rasmus Dahlin. I think that he's got all the talent in the world, and I think you just need to have, I think you just need to have a coach that lets him do his thing and doesn't try and step on the things that make him exciting. So I really like him. Um, my bold prediction for this team and maybe a bit of a sleeper is, uh, I'm really big on Dylan cousins. Like I'm weirdly, really, really, really big on Dylan cousins. And I think he could have like a 50 plus point season this year. Yeah. I think Dylan cousins is my fantasy pick for the team. I, that's who I would be going for myself. If I had to get somebody has got to score points, um, for the Buffalo Sabres, and I think that he's your best bet overall. Uh, he's also my pick to be the best player on this team. Um, I think that just because of the plus-minus is going to hurt Rasmus, um, even though I think he's a very good defenseman, just would make me naturally side with the forward. And my bold prediction for them is that Josh Allen um, shotguns three beers at uh, Sabres games this year from the box. Josh Allen doesn't really even seem like a beer drinker. He, dude, he played college in Montana. He drinks beer. That's true. Um, I still, I, I think I've brought this up to you before, but I, I forever think of that video of Jack Eichel and Josh Allen. It's like them over Zoom. And, oh, uh, the, and like that asking what like the C means for captain and then what the A means for alternate captain or assistant captain. And then they, they just plug in the terrible office joke. Oh, yeah, that's oh. tough. That's tough to watch. You know what else is tough to watch? Our next Atlantic team, the Detroit Red Wings, oh, uh, no. <laughs> who last year went 19, 27, and 10, good for a .402 points percentage, which is actually not that bad. Which is not that bad. Which is they weren't they weren't they, not that they, bad. They, they weren't horrible. Not they, that bad. they weren't yeah they weren't they weren't they weren't too bad last season. Not a whole heck of a lot of additions and uh, fair amount of losses. Let's start with the losses here. 
Jonathan Bernie, 33-year-old goaltender. Uh, very good numbers on a very bad team last year for the Detroit Red Wings. That one's going to hit. Tyler Bertluzzi, LOL. They don't lose him, but they lose him for a few games. Just a shameless plug there for our last joke. Uh, Luke Glendening, the guy we Probably not going to miss him. Probably not going to miss him. <laughs> um, Bobby Ryan. Might miss him. Uh, Yevgeny Svechnikov, the guy that Nolan said was really ugly without one tooth. They're going to miss him. And then Richard, is it Panic? Um, I always just call him Richard Panic. I, I look, it's like the meme of that, like, mannequin head where it's like, panic, and everything's spelled with a K. Um, some key additions. These are some big ones. Uh, guy you might have heard of out of Carolina, Alex Nedeljkovic. Big daddy goalie. Going to be hot stuff. Defenseman Nick Letty. Uh, sixth overall pick, Simon Edvinson. And 15th overall pick, Fuck you, Steve Eiserman. Sebastian Kossa from your Edmonton Oil Kings. Um, yeah. This team is going to be... Um, they're they're going to be in a major transition this year. Um, you're going to see... I think you're going to see a big breakout. And the big popular candidate to break out from this team is Jakob Rana because he had an amazing finish to last season. Um, Caps fans are very not happy that he got traded. Um, from everything you see, you could very well see Vrana potentially have a 40-goal season next year just because of how good he is. Uh, there's uh, obviously the possibility of a guy like uh, Lucas Raymond playing. There's uh, there's the arrival of Moritz Sider, who is going to be really good. Um, well, you hope so. He was the SHL Defenseman of the Year last year, so you would you would hope that he's going to live up to that status. But I mean, I'm pretty sure like David Runblad was an SHL Defenseman of the Year, and uh, yikes! But no, this is uh, I don't. They're still not going to be all that watchable, but definitely a little bit more exciting. the The Nedeljkovic trade definitely helps matters, um, but. This team just needs more time to get better. I still think that they're going to be in the Shane Wright sweepstakes um, very heavily, uh, but they're 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 fine. They're not they're not they're not terrible. Um, I still think that they're they're definitely they're they're definitely right in that sort of second last second last spot. I mean, I think they can maybe compete a little bit with Ottawa, but. Or the team after, which I have a little bit of a hot take on. But I... Um, oh, it ain't going to be yeah. hot. Okay, good. <laughs> I'm glad to hear that. Uh, so my my team MVP is going to be Vanek. Um, he would also be my fantasy stud on this Vrana? team. Oh, sorry. Vrana. It's yeah. A, it's okay. Uh, he, Vanek used to be on the wings. Yeah. If, uh, yeah, because Ken Holland kept on signing him. And he was like, oh, I'll treat you at the deadline. Uh, there you go. Uh, so, Vrana yeah. for my pick for uh, MVP and fantasy option. It's fantasy sleeper um, because he's either going to be insane or he's going to be a flash in the pan and pull a uh, uh, Carter Hart is, Nadel- is Nadelkovic himself. I think he's going to be a good goalie. I sure hope he is, but a little a little off chance that maybe last year was, was a little bit of luck. Um, and my hot take is... No octopus get thrown on the ice, and there is one little Caesar's pizza for each player in the locker at the end of every win. Oh, that's that's such a wholesome prediction, Miles. Um, I realize I didn't pick a bold prediction. Um, 
<laughs> I have a couple that are running through my head right now. Um, I think Philip Zadina is finally going to break out and have 25 goals. Woo! So we'll go with that. It's it's his time. He has to break out now. He has to. All right. On to the next team. The Ottawa Senators, who think that the rebuild is over, apparently. Uh, 23-28-5 for a .411 points percentage. A team that, if you look at all the numbers, had a fantastic finish to their season and uh, made Vancouver look silly because I think Vancouver finished last in the North Division. Right? Am I right on saying that? I think they did. Correct. Um, yeah. So a lot of things to like about Ottawa. I think they are very feisty. I think that they are um, very – I think they have a lot of talent. Um, their offseason was a little confusing. Uh, obviously lost Joey Decord in the expansion. They traded Evgeny Dadanov after that experiment did not really work out and got Nick Holden back. They uh, lost Derek Stepan in free agency. Oh, you never mind. Uh, you did write Evgeny Dadanov, and uh, never mind. Uh, and then traded Logan Brown just recently for Zach Sanford, a deal I actually really like. I really like Zach Sanford a lot, and I'm not a big Logan Brown guy. Um, drafted Tyler Boucher 10th overall, a little bit of a stretch. Yikes, we don't like that. Uh, Michael Delzato as a signing, uh, okay, and unfortunately to a PTO, Tyler Ennis. Enzo Saus, we miss you, brother. I want him back. But this team is in the process of transitioning into being a playoff team. Obviously, the uh, elephant in the room is that Brady Kachuk still does not have a contract, which you don't like to see that. You want uh, you, you, you want your star players to have contracts, and uh, he currently does not have one. You want your star players to have contracts because uh, we uh, you need them to win games, so that's not good. Um, and then, obviously, you got guys like Thomas Shabbat. You've got a, a guy like Eric Branstrom you're waiting to break out, and then, obviously, Tim Stutzler we're waiting to see just how much firepower he can add to his arsenal to follow up what was a pretty darn good rookie season. So I like the Sens. I think they're getting a little a little ahead of themselves with their uh, with their talk of the rebuild being over and uh, that they are ready to start competing. It, just hold your horses a little bit. I could see this team as like a very big dark horse sleeper for the playoffs, maybe as like a last minute run. I sort of see them similar to like the Devils in a way. Um, could really compete for something. I think next year is probably their time, but I think they can maybe fool around. Um, for uh, probably at like MVP, and then obviously like your like your big fantasy pick, I would say is probably Thomas Shabbat. Uh, if you if, if you value hits and things like that, Brady Kachuk, he just needs a contract first. And then guys that I could I think are a bit of a sleeper, maybe not really much of a sleeper at this point, but I mean, Drake Batherson just signed that new contract, and that's a guy that I could easily see sc- scoring 30 goals, um, has a ripper of a shot on him. And a uh, bold prediction for this team, I think Brady Kachuk does not sign until... Mid November. 
Ooh, interesting. Um, so for my team MVP, I think for the Senators, um, for now in the foreseeable future is Thomas Shabbat. He's an unbelievable defenseman. I love the game that he plays. Um, yeah, I'm very big on Thomas Shabbat. I think that Timmy Strudel would be my fantasy option. I do like to play it safe, however, but so I like that pick of Drake Batherson as maybe your fantasy sleeper, but Timmy Strudel can't go wrong with him. Um, and if Nolan ends up being wrong with his hot take and Brady ends up signing sooner, obviously that's a guy that you would want to target as well. Uh, my bold prediction for the Ottawa Senators is um, no Justin Trudeau attendant, no Justin Trudeau games in attendance this season. So I guess that means that they have luck on their side, hey? Yes. So in case you haven't been able to tell, all of my uh, all of my bold <laughs> predictions are fun. This 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 division this division, you know what isn't fun, Nolan? Publicly bl- publicly bashing a team that went to the Stanley Cup Finals last year, which I think is exactly what we're about to do. Because the next team on our list is the Montreal Canadiens, 24, 21, and eleven last year. Obviously, as mentioned, they made it into the playoffs with an under five hundred points percentage, finishing at a four ninety one, and made it all the way to Tampa Bay couple of key additions, couple of key losses. Let's start with the losses because I think this is the tail of the tape. Philip Dano, Thomas Tatar, Cas- Jasperi Cap... Is it Cas- it's- is it Jasperi or Casperi? It's, ja- it's Yesperi. Jasperi cooking yummy. Shea- there you go. Shea Weber and Corey Perry. Some key additions, Nolan. And I just want to get through these, and then you can talk and go and say whatever you need to. Uh, Sammy Niku, uh, he was let go by the Winnipeg Jets and made his way over to Montreal, which I actually really like. Uh, Chris Weidman, you might remember that name from the Sens taxicab confessional himself. He's getting another shot in the NHL. Uh, David Savard, uh, Michael Hoffman, Christian Dvorak, Mathieu Perrault, and Cedric Paquette all joining the Montreal Canadiens. couple of good names in there. For the for the francophones, they're gonna really like that. They're, those jerseys are gonna sell big. Um, yeah, Nolan, why don't you take us away on the Maria Canadia? Well, first off, between Mike Hoffman and Chris Weidman, I think the bullying what? in the room is gonna go right to is gonna go right sky high. What a fucking problematic scene, eh? <laughs> um, oh, uh, Logan, I... you're not the most controversial <laughs> player on this team anymore. Uh, <laughs> um, I do like the Sammy Niku edition, although I do fear that he kind of joined a team where he could potentially be very far down the depth chart once again, like he was in Winnipeg. So I don't exactly know what he was thinking, but maybe that's just because there was nothing else available. Um, loss of Shea Weber, while I don't think statistically speaking and on the ice, well, I mean, on the ice, he was still pretty damn good, but... Um, I think what you miss most about Shea Weber is you miss him like in the locker room, you miss him as a presence on the ice. And I think that goes a long way. Um, it's looking like he probably won't play again, which is unfortunate because Shea Weber was one of the most awesome defensemen of his generation. Um, you lose Kakanyemi to the offer sheet, which is fine, but I also would have just paid him like a lower amount before. Like if you would have had to pay him $3 million, pay him $3 million. You had all this cap room to work with. Why not? Um, losing Thomas Tatar, I think is, I think is going to hurt them more than they think. Um, and then 
obviously the big one is Philip Deneau. Like that's a massive loss. That's a guy that 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 took on all those really important matchups. And as much as you think Christian Dvorak will fill that void, I he like Philip Deneau is elite defensively, like a monster defensively. And there's a reason why he got paid the money that he did strictly based off of his defensive play. Um I do like uh, I I I mean guys like Mike Hoffman are He's, he's basic. He, yeah, like he's a one-way player. He's like a power play specialist. He's a guy that's going to score goals, but at the same time, like, where are you going to play him in your lineup? If there was a version of like designated hitters in hockey, Mike Hoffman would be that. Um, David Savard is a, obviously a nice addition. I wanted him on the Oilers really badly when Adam Larson left. Uh, but ultimately, that's a fine player for a fine deal. I I think I mean he's thirty years old. I I think that that he'll probably age fairly well. Um, and then yeah, guys like Matthew Perot and Cedric Paquette. I I like those guys as as little depth pieces. But I don't like this team. I I really like Cole Caulfield. I really like Nick Suzuki. I like a lot of those young guys. Like I really do. But I don't trust the high end talent on this team. I just, I just don't. I, I think that y- you can, you can tell yourself all you want that your run to the Stanley Cup final was fate, and oh well, oh well, we took a game from the Stanley Cup champions, and you know we were doubted this entire time. But th- th- okay, cool. The the Oilers went to the Stanley Cup, the, the Oilers went to the Stanley Cup final, and then missed the fucking playoffs for ten years. So I don't know what you want me to tell you with that. Like, just because you made it does not mean it's going to happen all over again. And you gotta hope that that team. And I don't like Dom Ducharme as a coach. We've I've very much disclosed that on this podcast. Um, yeah, I, I I I like I said I like their young guys, but I do not see this team as a. I don't understand why some people are turning this team into a fucking lock for the playoffs. You also have to hope Josh Anderson stays healthy again. Like Josh Anderson is so up and down. Like. And hope Tyler Toffoli somehow ends up like fourth in goal score or however high he was. He was on pace for like forty seven goals. Like are, do you really think that's gonna happen again? So No, uh I, another key loss that I believe we left out here is Eric Stahl. A lot of reports oh, yeah. are saying or a lot of reports are saying that Eric Stahl will not be re signing in Montreal, um, is gonna be looking south of the border. Um, that sucks for them as well. If you look at this from just a pure player in player out perspective, losing Deno, losing Tatar, losing Kakanyami, losing Shea Weber, losing Corey Perry, losing Eric Stahl. Those are a lot of like key depth leadership pieces. And I think that forcing Suzuki and Colefield to be offensive studs, offensive stars with not a lot of supporting cast around them is quite the ask. And I think that that's where Montreal finds themselves in a lot of trouble, not to mention in aging carry price and Jake Allen as your goalies um, tough there as well. Uh, never know like carry price obviously was a stud all last playoffs and, and showed up when it mattered. But I think that asking him to do that again with the players that you have in front of him is, is not, a recipe for success if I was a betting man. Um, another key loss that doesn't really count because it happened last year and I think it was mutual or whatever is the loss of Victor Mete, who I think um, going back to talking about the Sens would be a little bit of a sneaky pick. I think he's a good uh, offensive defenseman. He's got a lot to bring to the table. So Montreal really hasn't replenished what they've lost. 
and they lost some very big pieces. So as much as I like that Sammy Niku signing, I think they're going to be asking a lot from some young unproven guys. And I just don't think in a division that is as deep as the Atlantic, that that is a play that you should be going forward with. So my uh, not so sneaky pick for these guys is that Mark Bergevin wears shitty blazers and misses the playoffs. <laughs> I was going to say that they missed the playoffs too. Um, I I just I don't see, I just don't see a path. I I would I think I think you have a higher chance of two wild card teams coming from the metro um, yeah. than you do from the Atlantic. Take Caulfield, uh, Suzuki, and Savard if you can get them at good places in your draft based on ADP. That's all I have to say. Uh, yeah, I mean Jeff Petrie as well, um, uh, a guy we forgot to mention. Um, another. Pete. Another, uh, another. Actually, that was a uh, fa- Father Craig McTavish. Yeah, uh, fa- Father Petrie, Father Pete. Oh, Father Petrie. Oh, sorry. Um, and then a- and another guy that I think you got to keep an eye out for is Alexander Romanov. Um, Shea Weber's gone now, so there's going to be some PP time opening up, and I could see uh, a young, a young Russian defenseman be maybe in play there so i know we'll all we, i know out. all we did was shit on them but jonathan Druan, if he comes back and oh yeah I forgot uh, about him. if he comes back yeah right if he comes back and and lives up to any sort of hype and, and is able to uh carve out a position in that lineup and, and do something with it uh, could be a good player as well but he's kind of like a Ooh, ooh, who likes fantasy football? He's a little bit of a Josh Gordon to me, where like every year you want to take him, but he's never really gonna live up to it, and you just pick him up on the waiver wire eventually. Or like a, or like a, or like a, like a Melvin Gordon. No, Melvin Gordon's good. No, I know, but like it was more of like you expect Melvin Gordon to pop off and have like fifteen hundred yards rushing and like you know six hundred yards receiving and yeah 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 um, okay sorry fair the analogy yeah. the analogy is fair um but anyways yeah I, I agree with that but l- like you kind of referenced before I mean that's more of a guy you want you, that you're like hey could this be a good top six forward not like hey, is this my first line forward that's going to score 70 points for me or whatever? Um, yeah, and then the other thing, too, is I, I, really, I really like Cole Caulfield. I, I, I think he's going to be um, uh, very, very good. I think he's, like, their one, like, elite guy. Like, their one potentially elite guy. Yeah. All right, that's enough of the Montreal Canadiens because I'm done with them. Done, done, done with them. Uh, up next is the Boston Bruins, and I hate that, that I have to read this off. Um, well, you know what? He wasn't even a key addition this offseason because he was already at it, so we don't have to talk about him. Uh, 33-16-7 for a .580 points percentage. Um, they say, re-upped. Say his name. They re-upped Taylor Hall yes. and signed Linus Olmark, Nick Felino, Eric Halla, Thomas Nosek, they re-upped Mike Riley. They signed Derek F- Derek Forbort. <laughs> uh, they signed Troy Krosnick, um, former Edmonton Oilers. And uh, they drafted Fabian LaSalle, 20th overall. Uh, so Boston can go, can go fuck themselves. But they did lose quite a bit of talent off this team, uh, including guys like, I don't know, little little name, uh, Tuka Rask. Now, with a caveat on that being said, he could very well return. We just don't know what the situation is with Tukarask. Um, Yaroslav Halak, David Krejci, 
Jeremy Lozon to expansion, uh, Nick Ritchie, and Andre Kasha in free agency because they were not qualified. So I like this team. I think they're still going to be really good. I still do think, I, I, I wonder if, how Linus Allmark can take over that because you also have to think about Jeremy Swayman as well, who's obviously the big prospect goaltender that they're now going to give that backup role to. You have to wonder if Linus Allmark can be just as good or if not better than what Tuka Rasko was last year. Um, how is Taylor Hall going to continue to fit into that top six? I would assume he's going to fit like a glove. Now, my biggest issue with Boston is what they're going to do at that second line center role. You lost David Krejci, and David Krejci was still really good, and Taylor Hall had fantastic chemistry with him and Craig Smith. So that begs to be said, what the hell are they going to do? Are they going to throw Charlie Coyle in that role, and then are they going to run Eric Halla as their third line center? I don't know if that's necessarily the best idea. I like the addition of Nick Foligno for them. I don't like the price tag they, you know, they got him for, but hey, could, I like the addition. Could have played, could have paid a first. That's that's very true, and we'll, we'll get to we'll get to another team there. Um, but no, they're just they're just a good team. I think that I, I think that there there's always talks that Boston is going to have their fall off that they're going to. It's like, oh, is this the year that Boston realizes that they're old? It's probably still not going to happen for a while. There is also the looming question of what happens with Patrice Bergeron after the season. He's a free agent, but come on, come on. Bergeron's coming back. There's no fucking way Bergeron's. There's no way he's retiring. No, there's no way he's retiring, and I don't think that there's any way that they leave Boston. Like, same as Rask and uh, David Krejci, they both said that they're not going to play anywhere else. They don't want to play anywhere else to the point where uh, Krejci actually went back to the Czech Republic instead of going to another NHL team because he couldn't make anything happen in Boston. And I think that that's exactly where Patrice Bergeron falls in. So um, I guess you can commend Boston's... um, core boston's culture however you want to go about it um, for guys wanting to stay there i think getting taylor hall to commit to them was a big deal um, but i am going to disagree with you nolan i am not sold on this team whatsoever specifically looking at the defensive pairings i think charlie mcavoy is a very good uh, defenseman but i think that the rest of that d corp is just not good I think that their their decorp has a lot of question marks around it. Specifically, like looking at this this specific mock that I'm looking at has Derek Forbert and Charlie McAvoy as your first pairing. That's tough. That's hard. I don't think that's actually how it's going to end up. But no, like, I think it's going to be Grizzly playing with McAvoy. Right, but I don't know. Uh, Riley, uh, Carlo, Clifton, Grizzlick. Like, I just I don't know a lot of those names, and I feel like I watched a fair amount of hockey. And defensemen, I don't think that you need to know all their names. I don't. I feel like defensemen is very much like the offensive line on a football team, where you know the best ones you don't necessarily know their names. The guys that are out there doing the the dirty work and and you know keeping pucks out of the net, it's a bit of a good thing. But I don't know. I'm just really not sold on this on this decor for this team. Uh, also looking at the bottom six, I'm just not quite there either with some of these players. I think uh, Nosek and Le- like Nosek's going to be okay. Not huge on Lazar. I know I've said a few times in the show that I am, but I don't know. A lot of question marks on this team. I don't think Jake DeBrusque is going to bounce back the way that they think that he will, which leads me to my hot take. 
that Jake DeBrusque is gone before the trade deadline, hopefully to Edmonton. Knock on wood. Um, but my fantasy pick for this team and my MVP is the king, David Pasternak. Love you, Pasta. You're a beauty. You're a gamer. Uh, and that's that's where I'm going with my, my MVP and my fantasy pick. Uh, fantasy pick and MVP for me is um, Brad Marchand. Uh, I, I, I can't believe the player he's turned into. Because like I remember ten years ago watching them go to the Stanley Cup final and being like, "Hey, Marshawn is pretty good." And then it, and then afterwards, and then he signed that he signed that contract that he was like getting paid like six million a year. And I'm like, man, he's gonna be like thirty four making that money. Is that worth it? Well, it's worth it. Yeah. <laughs> um, top, top 10 in the NHL in Corsi. I think he's even top five or not Corsi, but like just wins above replacement. He's a, freak. yeah, like his, yeah, his, his, like all the, all the advanced models on David or on uh, Brad Marchand are unbelievable. Um, fantasy sleeper for this team. I don't really think there are very many sleepers. You know what? I'll go with Mike Riley. Um, Mike Riley was getting some power play time at the, um, cause he came over obviously at the trade deadline from Ottawa. I really like the fit. Um, and I, I think he's going to get some prime power play time on that second unit, not with that first unit. I think Charlie McAvoy has finally worked his way there, and I think they have to kind of keep him there. So, But I do really like Mike Riley. I think that's a guy that could have like 45 points or something like that um, in a nice sheltered second-pairing role with Brandon Carlo. All right, we done with Boston Bruins? Oh, Bold, bold Predictions. Bold Predictions. I shit on them. I hate them. I beak them. They still make the playoffs, and I cry myself to sleep. Um, fuck it. I'm doing it. Taylor Hall plays 20 games. <laughs> Friendly I'm fire! I'm sorry, Friendly Taylor. fire! I, I, don't, I don't mean to do this to you, darling, but I must... <laughs> Uh, you love if you love something let it go if it comes back it's yours um, you know when taylor hall signs a, a three-year deal at 36 years old to come back to the Oilers, it's okay um following up we've got uh i can't even i can't believe these guys came in third in like if the divisions were together they would have come in if the divisions were proper they would have been in third place in their division your Stanley Cup champion, Tampa Bay Lightning. Boo, 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 boo. I should have just thrown these guys in first anyways. Um, yeah. Lost a couple players this offseason, needless to say. Um, but yet they still don't look as different as everyone was thinking they were going to be. Um, Yanni Gord, Blake Coleman, Tyler Johnson, Luke Shen all gone. Um Yanni Gord, obviously, to expansion, and then Blake Coleman uh, to free agency, Tyler Johnson to the trade with Chicago. They finally got off of that contract. Thank goodness for Tampa. And then they filled those holes with just good good players in Corey Perry. Brian Elliott is playing a backup role to Andre Vasilevsky. Uh, Pierre, Pierre Edward Belmar into play a bottom six center role and they brought back Zach Bogosian after his stint in Toronto. So essentially they effectively just switched, swapped out Shen for Bogosian. So, um, yeah, this team's just good. This team's just really good. And, um, I mean, I, I think it goes without being said, you got Braden Point, you got Nikita Kucherov, you got Steven Stamkos, you got Andre Pilat. Um, 
I got Victor Hedman. You got yeah, you got a little you guy. Got Mikhail Sergachev. Yeah, pretty good players. Um, you've got I would say is the best goaltender in the world in, in Andre Vasilevsky, um, and just this Tampa system just keeps on churning out fucking quality every goddamn year. And um, you know what? I'll just get right into it. My fantasy sleeper is like, because I mean, if you go with like fantasy pick, it's obviously going to be Kucherov or point. Um, and then MVP, I'd probably go with Kucherov. Um, but for my fantasy sleeper, I'm going to go with Ross Colton. The Stanley Cup uh, final hero who scored the game-winning goal. I think they have a big role plan for him. And I'm you think he's going to be the Yanni replacement? Yeah, I think he's going to get some time in that top six. For sure. Um, I think my team MVP for Tampa Bay. And like, Tampa Bay is just the model of like good things come to those who wait. Homegrown team. A lot of their own draft picks are the guys that they've stuck with. And they are like the new Boston Bruins in the sense that like when somebody leaves, another player just comes up from Syracuse and is a freak immediately. So yeah. good on them. Um, Tampa Bay, bold prediction. They don't repeat. But my fantasy uh, pick is going to be Braden Point. Um, I think Braden Point would probably be the third guy I would take off the board. Like Braden Point is a stud. And I think he's probably the most underrated superstar in the nhl because i don't think most people even think of him when they say superstars and really they should because he's yeah fantastic he's, hockey player he's stupid good um but my team mvp for them is victor hedman um andre vasilevsky would probably be my close second but uh defense wins championships and i think that they're proof of that and victor hedman is just a unicorn of a human being so i have to give him mvp props uh my bold prediction Hmm. <laughs> Man, I, 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 I try and write these things out, but then it comes down to choosing what I want to make my official pick. And you know what? I'm going to go with a feel-good story. I've been waiting for this to happen for a while. And you know what? It's probably not going to happen, but I feel good about it. He's returning to 50 goals. Steven Stamkos will score 50 goals this season. Yeah. Uh, after your like witch witchcraft hexing on Taylor Hall, I was expecting you to say something like Steven Samkos breaks his other leg. So <laughs> very good that you are going on the optimistic side there and saying he's going to score 50. I would love to see big stamp score some big goals, get 50, but still lose the Richard race to uh, Connor. Yeah. And also, and also finally make team Canada. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh. Poor guy. Um, poor dude, for sure. Speaking of poor dudes, the Florida Panthers. They are pretty they're pretty short on money. Pretty short on money. Uh after going 37, 14, and 5, good for a 0.607 points percentage. They are coming into this season as what would be second place in this division. A uh, few additions, some decent size additions, and some losses, some bigger size losses. Let's start with what's coming in. A jumbo player, Joe Thornton, decided that um, he was going to get closer to a retirement home, is scoping them out from Miami, and joined the Florida Panthers. Uh, Samuel Reinhardt has finally left Buffalo and is now a Florida Panther. And Mackie Samosachev, Samosachev, 24th overall pick, um, late, late first round pick. 
Uh, probably won't make this team just because of how deep it is, but he is their first-round pick nonetheless. Uh, key losses. Sonk. Keith Yandel, the Sonk father himself, is out of there. Chris Drager, as we've talked about, loss to expansion. Uh, Alexander Wenberg is no longer around. Anton Strollman is out of town. Uh, and Nikita Gusev has left the building. Where did Goose go? Who, who did the Goose let loose? He uh, actually signed a PTO with our next team. Flew the coop. Yes. So um, I'm going to just tell you right now, Miles. Um, this is my 2022 Stanley Cup champion. Right from the I know that's my bold that's my bold prediction. I think that you're um a piece of shit because your uh 2022 Stanley Cup champion is uh out of Western Canada. Uh the Edmonton Oilers are gonna be winning Stanley Cup this year. I'm trying not to jinx it. I'm just fuck off, Nolan. Let me I'm just I don't know. I'm just angry. I'm just an angry little man. Um but Florida, if I had to like be a reasonable human, I would say is a pretty good pick. I think to win the cup, I think that they're very good. Aaron Eckblad coming back from that horrific leg injury is going to do nothing but bolster this team. Um, I really like the additions that they made. They really didn't lose anything. Barkov is going to get better. Huberto is going to get better. Sam Reinhart is going to fit in awesome with Sam Bennett, maybe not on the same line, but had to give a little shout out to Sam Bennett there. Um, they're good. They're really, really I, good. so, okay. I don't think people are talking enough about the addition of Sam Reinhardt. Like, Sam Reinhardt was on, like, a 70-point pace on the fucking Buffalo Sabres last season. Like, and I don't I don't want to hear this thing of, like, oh, uh, uh, so, somebody's going to score on a bad... No, 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 no. That was a terrible team. And Sam Reinhardt scored at, like, a 70-point pace. I there like offense just comes off of that guy, and I just I, I think that that's going to be massive. I think that that's completely worth the first round pick they paid. I think Bill Zito is a guy that is willing to make these big, drastic, bold moves in order to bolster his lineup. Joe Thornton doesn't have to be an everyday player. You can chuck him in every now and then. Um, and yeah, he's going to be happier in the Florida sun. It's going to be it's going to be a nice little return to the sunshine that he had in San Jose. Um, I think he got rid of some dead weight in Anton Strawman. Keith Yandel, while I do like the player, I think I don't. This is going to sound very like old man of me, but I don't think you can win cups with guys like Keith Yandel. Um, I just think that when you play that terribly defensively, yeah, you're yeah you're great offensively, but I I as much as he is like a, a locker room glue guy, I just I just don't see it. I I really don't. And um, obviously in net, you're hoping for a bounce back from Sergei Bobrovsky so that you can somehow pop up his trade value in order to somehow trade him for uh you know a seventh round pick while also retaining like three million dollars because holy smokes they got to get off that contract and then obviously spencer knight um who is massive like that could be your calder pick right there in spencer knight so i i love this team i think they're so incredibly deep i forgot they have patrick hornquist like I forgot, and he was just we was just really good last year. They got Anthony Duclair. They still got Carter Verhage. Like you mentioned earlier, Sam Bennett. This team is just really, 
really, really good. Mackenzie Weger is really, really good. I I can't say enough about this team. Um well coached from Joel Quenville, like yep. just top to bottom, they're they're very good. So they're they're sneaky. Um I don't know if I would pick them to be my cup champion just because I think that there's still a better team uh in the central division to talk about. But oh, I, I think that be. they win the East like pretty easily. Yeah. Uh would be my bold prediction. Um my fantasy stud for the sorry, mate. So I might, my fantasy stud for them, you hyped him up very much. So, and I agree with you wholeheartedly would be Sam Reinhardt. I think that you can get him uh, a little bit at a discount in terms of some of the other players that are on this team that are going to stick out to other guys in your draft room. But I think Sam Reinhardt is going to be a very big point producer on this team. Um, and my MVP is Barkov <laughs> pretty easily. Um, first and foremost, five, uh, one jets right now. Um, Secondly, my fantasy pick for this team is Jonathan Huberdeau. It seems like all of the offense literally touches Jonathan Huberdeau's stick, and he is insanely good. Um, fantasy sleeper, uh, I'm I'm gonna go I'm gonna go with a, a a nice little depth piece, but a guy who I think could score quite a few goals in hopefully a breakout, uh, but a a beautiful soulless ginger Owen Tippett. Um, Guy has guy has a great shot to him. He was really he was a really dynamic scorer in junior. I could easily see him coming to the bigs and being really good this season. Um, and then okay, so I get that, get that. Yeah, I think I got everything right. Yeah, I got everything. Oh, and MVP. Yeah, I would go with Barkov as well. Well, we are on to our last team. Fallen leaves, fallen leaves, fallen leaves on the ground. And a crooked little town. I was lost and never found. Sheldon Keefe, Sheldon Keefe, Sheldon. <laughs> uh, Toronto Maple Leafs, who would have been the division Atlantic Division leaders last year had it been a normal season. 35, 14, and 7, good for a .634 points percentage, which is pretty dang disgusting. A uh, couple of additions, couple of subtractions. Let's start with the additions. Nick Ritchie, Andre Cache. did I say that right? Yep. Peter Mar- Peter Morazic did a little bit of a razzle dazzle uh, with the team that he came from. Uh, David Kampf, Kampf, sounds yep. like, sounds German, yep. and then Matthew Kynes, fifty seventh overall pick because they didn't have a first. I only threw that in as a way to make that joke one more time. Key losses: <laughs> Zach. Hyman, pew, pew. welcome here, Joe Thornton, as we just spoke about. Frederick Anderson has left the building. Nick Foligno, uh, see you later. <laughs> Riley Nash, see you later. And big save, Dave. The stick flipping savant himself is no longer a Toronto Maple Leaf. Instead, the net will be mined by Jack Campbell, and as for mentioned, Peter Morazic. Nolan, Toronto Maple yes, Leafs. Miles. Toronto Maple Leafs. This is a really good team. Um, they're 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 still really 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 damn good. Um, and yes, it is kind of a meme to laugh at the whole they blew a three one lead and they still have not won a they still have not won a playoff round. Yes, it is it is still funny. Um, 
Yeah, and I think at this point, I mean, I, I like I tune into a lot of podcasts, but I'm not going to give any free ads. So, um, and a lot of them are like Leaf fans, and they talk about you know they they talk about who's going to fit on like the first line with you know Matt and Marner, and then it's like oh who's going to replace Zach Hyman. And for the longest time, I kept on thinking to myself, like, is Zach Hyman really going to make that much of a difference to your team that you're that you're going to miss out on him that much? But it looks like they actually will because uh, Zach Hyman was really important to their team. You've got guys like Nick Robertson that um, are that you're you're waiting to finally sort of join the team. You're thinking maybe Nick Ritchie can fill that role because he's played in a top six role before, and that this team has uh, like the biggest crime that this team has committed is allowing like allowing all of the pundits to tout this season as like a last dance i'm so sick of hearing that because no this is not a last dance (laughs) you have to like actually make it to a fucking championship before you can actually start calling it a last dance i get where they're coming from because it's like if they don't do anything this year if they make no improvements they are not going anywhere like sorry this team will be blown up in in a way like in a in a soft way, there will be like heads will roll. No, it's definitely a make or break rather than yeah. a last dance for for yeah. this for this Toronto Maple Leafs team. Yeah, and so I the ironically speaking, now um, I actually think that this team's like I mean, obviously, still like the high octane offense is it, 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 you know is still there, but I really think that the overall strength of this team is actually their defense because I really like a lot of the pieces on defense. Um, Morgan Riley is obviously really dynamic offensive defenseman. Uh, TJ Brody had a fantastic season. Um, You've got Jake Muzzin, who's really great as per usual, and I think is going to continue to be really great for a while. I'm not big on Justin Hall. A lot of people really seem to think that, like, it depends on what Lee fan you talk to. Some people think he's overrated. Some people think he's underrated. It all depends. Um, I really like Rasmus Sandin, and I think he's gonna he's gonna be a, a a big time X factor for this team. And then you gotta hope a guy like Travis Dermott is 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 in that role, and or is 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 gonna be decent for them or you better hope that Timothy Liljegren can finally make the team um I think that this team has major depth issues I will say that like I obviously Matthews Marner Nylander Tavares those are all really good players I like Jason Spezza I like that he's back but like you is Wayne Simmons going to be fucking Wayne Simmons like or like 20% of Wayne Simmons 30% are you gonna get Right. Exactly. Right. And so I just, I don't, and, and like, you know, there's the whole, there's the signing of Curtis Gabriel. And like, I love what Curtis Gabriel represents, you know, on social media and things like that. And, you know, there's the other thing with Curtis Gabriel too. But, uh, but, uh. but also, like, I don't know if just because you signed a face puncher that is socially conscious, that means that that's like, a good idea for your team. I don't think that he's an NHL player, um, but this seems really good. And I, I want to like, okay, they have to win a first round. Like they have to win the first round this year. There's no way they can't like, they have to, I don't think they're missing out on the first round. They at least win one round. Um, 
as for MVP of this team, I think it goes without being said, it's Austin Matthews. Um, fantasy pick for this team, uh, I'd probably still say Matthews just because of the goals. Uh, fantasy sleeper, um, you know, I'll give I'll give that I'll give that to Rasmus Sandin because I think that's a that's a young guy that can break out and can take a lot of that power play opportunity, especially if a guy like Morgan Riley is potentially shopped. Um, because he is a pen, he is a pending UFA this season, so that that could very well be a possibility. As for bold predictions of this team, I'm not I'm not going to make the joke about them winning the round because that just that that that's just cold. Um, no, I'm going to say that Austin Matthews will finish runner up in heart vote in 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 the in the heart trophy race this year. Um, I would, from a fantasy perspective, uh, take, um, Marner or else I would take Richie. Obviously the goals from Matthews is something that you like. Um, but Morgan Riley would be a really good option as well on the D. Um, I don't, I think that this isn't even my bold prediction. I think that the Leafs are going to leaf really hard with Jack Campbell and that he is going to be the next, like, should have been big deal Leafs goalie oh, that no. fizzles out. I, I don't, I'm not sold on Jack Campbell. I really don't think Jack Campbell is that good. And I think that he's just the second coming of James Reimer destined to be a backup. Sorry to say it, but that's where I'm taking it. Um, my bold prediction is that the Leafs do exactly what the Leafs do and lose in the first round. I do not think they are that good of a team. I think that they got worse from last year and they don't have the benefit of playing against just Canadian teams. They're going to be playing against some really tough teams in their own division, some really tough teams in the Metro. Um, Really do not see Toronto living up to expectations this year. So you're saying that that their dreams will not come true? I'm saying that it's going to be a first-round bye-bye, and we're going to get a whole other year to laugh at that. So, Nolan, with that out of the way, do you have anything else you'd like to say about the uh, Atlantic Division, or would you like to share your projections? Yes, I will share. I will share my projections for this for this uh, for this upcoming uh, oh, NHL sorry. season. That concludes um, frauds with Fuchs. Your episode two of season two's frauds are the Toronto Maple Leafs. <laughs> Um, okay. So in last place, I have the Buffalo Sabres. <laughs> um, in second last place, or I guess, sorry, I guess if we're doing this properly in eighth place, I have the Buffalo Sabres in seventh place. I have the Detroit Red Wings in the sixth spot. I have the Montreal Canadiens. In the fifth spot, I have the Ottawa Senators. In the fourth spot, or did I fuck that up already? No. Okay, yeah, right. Okay, I'm good. Uh, In the fourth spot, I have the Boston Bruins. In the third spot, I have the Toronto Maple Leafs. In the second spot, I have the Florida Panthers. And in the first spot, I have the Tampa Bay Lightning. Interesting, Nolan. We are very similar, yet so far apart. In eighth, in eighth I have the the Suffalo Babers. In seventh, I have Detroit. 
In sixth, I have Ottawa. In fifth, I have Montreal. In fourth, I have Boston. Um, interesting that uh, a town in Massachusetts is named after a bear in which there is only 4,500 in the state. I obviously don't even trust that as a number. Lots of bears in Maine, not very many bears in Massachusetts. It's largely urban um, suspect there. In third, I have the Toronto Fraudulent Maple Leafs. In second, I have the Tampa Bay Lightning. And in first, I have the Florida Panthers. Pretty good. Pretty good standings. I like those. I like, They're pretty I like much closer than we were in the in the in the Metro Boom and want some more. Absolutely. I, I have to come up with a funny title for the Atlantic. I feel like there's a couple of them. I feel like there's a couple we can go with. We'll or, workshop. We'll yes, chat. Absolutely. Oh, like like in brackets ATL Antic. <laughs> okay, Gucci Main. <laughs> well, that about does it for the Atlantic division. We made it through. It's, it's, it's a bit of a longer one We just one about today. hit two hours here, Noah's. Yeah, I know. Jit, 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 jit. So, um, that being said, Miles, did you have any last things you wanted to say before we wrap up? Um, yeah. Excited. Looking forward to the Central. Central's going to be an absolute hog. A lot of things to talk about there. A lot of players moving into that division. Um, we're excited about that one. If you have any feedback for this episode from the fantasy from the fantasy perspective, obviously let us know. Drafts are coming up. Good luck to everybody out there uh, doing their fantasy sports thing this year. And thanks for tuning in to season two, episode two of the One for One podcast with Miles and Nolan. As always, go Oilers, go. Go Oilers, go.